0: Guys, I think I'm developing ESP, like the Beastmaster. I think I know what you mean. You're seeing things through a cat's eye. Yeah. Oh no, he's starting to clean himself! And welcome to Swords and Satire, the fantasy podcast where we turn low fantasy into high art. I'm your dungeon manager, Jamie Mokel, and I'm here with you today with my co-hosts.
1: It's your boy, Jack, who is training to be one of the Hell Knights from uh, The Keep, but unfortunately they botched the mind control, so now I'm just tortured.
2: And I'm Chelsea, the Destroyer. Uh Uh-oh.
0: Are we in trouble? (laughs) Oh, no.
2: (laughs) Tearing down the patriarchy.
0: Oh, there's a lot of that. Well, then you probably are going to want to kick Dar's ass. (laughs) Yeah. And in case you didn't get it from the title of this episode, this week we watched The Beastmaster, a 1982 classic? (laughs) Rawr.
2: So, Beastmaster is... The coming of age story of the orphan boy, Dar, who is destined to become the Lord of Beasts and outcast among men.
0: He was destined? Exactly. Oh, man.
2: <laughs>
1: Sounds like a prophecy to me.
2: There was a prophecy, in fact. It was foretold of his coming and his defeat of the evil wizard, Max. Myax. I like Max.
1: I can't hear a difference. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Dar's father was the king of Uruk, but still he was powerless to stop Max, the high priest of Ar, (laughs) who had the city's guards and clergy in his thrall. Through magical manipulation, Dar was born to a cow and abducted from his royal parents.
0: Yeah, that whole cow thing was kind of disconcerting. Also, like, a witch moved him from a human woman's... Womb into the weird zombie cow's womb, and I was not comfortable with that.
2: And she somehow did that by squirting both of the king and queen's necks with uh, the uh, glow stick goo. Yeah,
0: rave magic. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: rave mm. magic. I love it. Okay, yes. now it's fun.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it went from horrifying to fun very quickly. The rave cow, all worship the rave cow. I would definitely worship rave cow.
2: Yeah. So, before he could be sacrificed by that witch of R, Ar, Baby Dar was saved by the man who would eventually become his new father.
0: I have to admit, I kind of love Dar's adoptive dad. He was pretty great. He was he the was. nicest.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Mr. Boomerang.
2: That's true.
0: Yeah. yeah, this movie definitely met its ridiculous fantasy weapon quotient with the little throwing knife like uh Ginzu uh blade thing it was like a four
1: bladed butterfly boomerang like the way a butterfly knife
0: flips out but it actually looked like a butterfly
1: Yeah, a little bit. It bounces back. It doesn't, like, whirl back like a boomerang. It bounces comically.
2: It definitely looked like the actor who played the father had difficulty opening it and had to do many takes.
0: Yeah, he probably almost (laughs) lost a finger mic in this movie. I hope he got hazard pay.
2: I don't think any of them did.
0: You guys got paid to be in this
2: movie? (laughs) (laughs) So, Dar was then raised with this his new father among the Emoites, a group of dirt farmers who lived in houses that rested upon 15-foot stilts for some reason.
0: We were having a really hard time understanding the use of stilted houses in this culture considering this was like a more of a dry plains farming culture, not like a swampy, flood like floodplain flood plain culture or anything like that.
1: High heels look nice, you know?
0: I guess the so. town is elevated,
2: so eventually, Dar was wrested away from this idyllic life when a group <laughs> of roving soldiers decided it would be a fun group exercise to murder an entire village, then burn it to the ground
0: and you know what? it was a successful exercise <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: friendship It was unfortunately yeah. for the villagers very successful Oh
1: no, their house is on stilts.
0: Turned out to be
1: built using explosive materials. <laughs>
0: That's right. Yeah, the ultra flammable stilts and thatch roof houses were probably not the best idea. They what I'm saying is they definitely got
2: burninated. Especially on a dry grassy plain, I mean you think they would have learned.
0: Yeah, I don't think that the I don't think Dar's culture or the Dara's adoptive culture was very um what's the word I'm looking for? Intelligent?
1: built to survive they only had one dog which i think was their flaw
0: more dogs would equal longer uh cultural survival they may
1: have been spared been well, the, the dog was the only one who saw danger coming it's true and in that scene there is a man who jumps from one of the houses to his death because as we saw the houses blow up when they're on fire as <laughs> Yeah. you said <laughs> they took their chances jumping
0: out first. So they might have had prior oh, Jack, knowledge
2: too soon. Yeah <laughs> Oh
0: no! Oh no Also, I mean you know, I mean you were saying they only had one dog, but this dog was buff. It was able to drag Dar, who's gotta be I mean, all the protein in his body, he's mm-hmm. gotta be, you know, at least one eighty, one ninety. And that dog has dragged him like he was nothing. Yeah,
2: Dar is super swole. Mm. Chad dog. So after Coming to realizing his whole village is destroyed and everybody he knows is dead, Dar begins roaming the countryside, looking to fill his life with meaning. And although- I don't
0: think he succeeds.
2: <laughs> well, that remains to be seen or heard. And along the way- finding along the way many animal friends who would come to help him out, I suppose.
0: <laughs> many is a bold description of how many animals he had. The first thing he
1: does after acquiring his posse of animals is try to get laid using them.
0: I uh, think try to get laid is a very generous description of the horrible sexual assault that Dar commits on Kiri, the slave priestess of the temple. Yeah, that's true. That happens. Yeah. We were not comfortable with this scene at all.
2: No. No. Uh, it was very uncomfortable to watch.
0: (laughs) He basically creeps up on these chicks at a waterfall. I mean, I guess that was a thing that people did in the 80s, it seems. If other movies I've watched tell me anything. And then he uses his tiger to, like, trick this woman into thinking that she's in danger. And then, quote, saves, unquote, her from it. And then just starts mouth-humping her. In the most uncomfortable way. That's such an accurate
1: description of what just happened.
0: <laughs> it was very distasteful.
1: Now that we've mentioned he has a tiger uh, in his posse of criminals.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, yeah. Perhaps well, it,
0: we should mention what all his animal companions are. Probably. Well, he's got the ferrets who steal his pants. Kodo uh, and Podo.
2: The tiger's name is Rue. And he finds an eagle who follows him around.
1: <laughs> that's oh,
0: That yeah. sounds right.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel
0: and, like the eagle is mostly underutilized in this movie.
2: Yeah, he the eagle is the first one he meets, and he discovers he has an uncanny ability to speak with animals and see through their eyes. Um, <laughs> so... With the help of his newfound friends, Dar returns to his birthplace at Uruk and stops the evil Max from murdering a child at the temple there.
0: We can just call him Rip. <laughs>
2: yeah. Rip. Rip Torn. Yep. Um, so Dar returns the child to the parents after he saves them under the cover of darkness and a stolen cloak.
0: Oh, I, whoever that cloak belonged to must have been so pissed. Probably, like, one of their only earthly possessions hung out to dry, and then they just come back like, Oh, I'm gonna put on my, my nice formal cloak, and, oh, what's happened? Some meathead has stolen my clothes! Dick move, Dar. Not cool. I mean, granted, Dar mostly pulls dick moves in this movie, so... Mm-hmm. Not a surprise.
2: Yeah... Um, so that's the point where Dar gets roped into a plot to overthrow Max and the evil followers of R.
0: Listen, this happens sometimes. You're just minding your own business, stealing people's clothes from the town you were born in, and next thing you know, you're just in this big resistance, freedom fighting, like some kind of clown.
2: Yeah, and also, I was never very clear what R was. I think it's a god of some type, but I'm not clear on that. I thought of
0: the type of sandwich. (laughs) Mm.
1: I don't understand why it's not both. That's what I'm questioning.
0: Fair point, fair point. I would worship a sandwich. you eat
2: from the Mm -hmm. body of R. Oh, Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, man, are you the prophet of R, Chelsea? I might be. Well, apparently R's meat
1: is human flesh. Because there's a whole lot of sacrifice that goes to R in this movie. That's, That's true.
0: true. We, m- much like many of the movies that we watch, uh, this one has a variety of ridiculous knives. Uh, and the sacrificial curvy blade that Rip Torn uses to uh, try to sacrifice a woman is not quite as ridiculous as Dar's dad's gimmick knife. But,
2: you know, it's,
0: it's close. It's getting there.
2: So, yes, Dar joins the resistance, and with the help of his animal friends, a young disgraced prince, and the temple slave girl Kiri he meets earlier, Dar and company raid the temple of Uruk and rescue the old blind king who had been held prisoner there.
0: And you know what? The king is not very grateful for this saving that goes on.
2: Yeah, it's true. Oh,
0: but you know, we forgot to introduce two of, well... Not two of my favorite characters, but at least one of my favorite characters. Seth, the Staff Fighter.
2: Oh, that's right. On his travels before... On his way to Urk, That's where he meets them.
0: Yeah. He meets Seth and Tao, who... They have, like, a... Kind of a... Moment together when they're introducing themselves. And I'm pretty sure that it's a conspiratorial glance that they give each other. But it definitely seemed more suggestive than I was expecting between a grown man and a underage boy.
2: Okay, I I didn't get that. (laughs) Okay, maybe that's just
0: me.
1: What you didn't see the man-boy love interest? (laughs) I don't
2: understand.
0: They just lean into each other and go, we're freedom fighters. I'm a rebel. I rebel.
2: I think that was just bad acting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I love the actor who plays Seth. He is so cool. He delivers this movie. He really yeah. carries it. He pretty much is the only passable actor, besides Rip Torn, of course.
2: Maybe that kid was just a huge dick. Could know? be. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs>
0: Most kids are.
2: Yeah.
1: Maybe he's got that, like, pompous prince vibe going on. The son of the king.
0: You oh, know like, an I mean? early, yeah. like a proto-Joffrey? Oh, no. Yeah. So Tal- I mean, yes, but oh, no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tao was that young disgraced prince that we mentioned earlier.
0: Yeah, and his dad is a real dickhead.
2: Yeah, so after they escape from the temple with the king and rendezvous with the rest of the resistance group, the old king rejects Dar for his filthy, filthy habit of talking to animals.
0: You know what? (laughs) If talking to animals is wrong, I don't want to be right.
2: Yeah, it seems like they would be amazed by this ability and they just like, You're disgusting! Get out of my (laughs) sight!"
0: Oh, he talks to animals. Yuck. Oh, no. What a freak. That would never be useful in
1: a war scenario. Next, you're going to tell me he has huge glistening muscles. (laughs) I I would hate that.
2: (laughs) So, nobody else speaks up for Dar. He just kind of walks away. But little did they know, the evil Max was spying on them. So... The Resistance was captured before their plans to come to fruition. Now, or at can, least the leaders were captured.
0: Can we take a minute to talk about axes May-ax, hot topic aesthetic? Because this guy had some, just, some primo, like, uh, skull dangle, earring, uh, oh, hair adornments, yes. and... Like, a a black and red robe that was just, like, it was just right off the Hot Topic line. It was amazing. He
2: had epic eyeshadow the whole
0: time. I mean, and this was before Hot Topic ever existed. So, I was very impressed.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Dar, pure of heart he is.
0: Uh, I'm not so sure about that after the waterfall scene.
2: I'll have to
1: press X to doubt.
2: (laughs) And unfettered by crippling anxiety, like some of us. does not let his rejection keep him from helping his new community. (laughs) He and his animal companions save the leaders of the Resistance before they can be sacrificed at the temple when Dar finally fulfills his destiny of killing the evil priest Max, or Max, as it were.
0: I believe it's Mayax. (laughs) Mayax.
2: And you would think that would be the end of the movie. It kind of seems like it's ending and then there's, like, some 15-minute sequence stuck on the end.
0: I mean, it's a very important final battle.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does battle with... He kind of rises, uh, rouses the rest of the city and the resistance to help defend the city from these roving soldiers. They're the same ones that killed his village earlier in the movie.
0: It's the Wild Hunt. Come on, we've all played Witcher 3.
2: So after the moat of oil around the city is burned and the actors are put in terrible danger.
1: Oh, just horrendous danger. And the horses, too, which are constantly knocked down.
2: The animals in this movie are treated terribly, and that was something that really bothered
1: me. He manhandles those ferrets throughout the film, just like... Yoinking them by their midsection And like gesturing and pointing with, They practically
0: drowned one of them In quicksand Yeah and it was real quicksand
2: I was so pissed off about that
0: I did not Check if this movie had the Tag at the end that says that no animals Were harmed during the filming But if it did that is bullshit I don't
2: think they could justify
0: that Animals were Definitely harmed in the filming of Beastmaster 100%.
2: Basically all of them, several times.
0: But the uh, Bad
1: Boy Buddy Brigade is charging through the burning moat toward Dar and his companions.
2: Yes, and they have awkward sword fighting and parkour battles, little skirmishes with different members of the Soldier Brigade. Bad Boy Brigade. Mm -hmm. And um, eventually they kind of roll around, jump off of things, and get the better of their, uh, well, the Darin friends I'm talking about here. They eventually get the better of the bad boy brigade.
0: Darin friends, weeknights on CBS.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And they, uh, I think they murder all of them. So that's about the long and short of it. Um... So now we can talk about the themes and scenes that stood out to us. So some of the themes that stood out to me uh, were the typical fantasy themes, or Prophecy. at least of the 80s. Yep. Prophecy.
0: Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Being born to a cow. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Uh, Being but... a huge chode. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, it's
2: always male, uh, but, or mostly male.
0: Uh, well, there's usually, like, a cool female sidekick, and I guess kind of in this one. I mean, Kiri, I can't get a beat on whether or not Kiri is, is a good... Uh, warrior or not. There's not really. She kind of gets cut in. Or her scenes kind of get cut in a weird way where you never really get a sense of what she's capable of. She just always seems to be like. Like she hid behind that giant skull in the skull room. There was just a room with a skull and a sewer pipe that I didn't understand why it existed.
2: You gotta I, have, have a I have some thoughts. I think we should come back to her character when we talk about the RPG aspects of the movie. That's fair. Um, so, yeah, he was marked by the gods, uh, the chosen one. Uh, He goes on a classic hero's journey. <laughs> does um, he? Well, does he
1: develop at all in this
2: film? He He doesn't realize that he has a connection to animals until he is homeless.
0: I guess he just thinks that everybody can see through the eyes of dogs and eagles.
2: It's unclear why that moment, except for the stress of losing his home and loved ones, is when he suddenly gains this ability. Ah, no.
1: He did actually find the ability beforehand. When he was younger with his father and they were playing out in the fields, they were harassing this nice man who was just trying to pick some berries. That's right. When the man, after they roast him ferociously, he's ferociously eaten by a wild bear, which Dar runs up to and starts petting, and is like, Yay, my friend! You're so funny! And his dad just laughs, and is like, Oh, my son is so brave! We just witnessed
0: one of our very valuable community members being mauled by a bear! Isn't this great? I don't know if he'd say that one
1: part, but definitely the last
2: part. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so... Dar had some kind of psychic connection to animals. He could see through their eyes. I didn't get the impression that he could control them. It was more voyeuristic. It Um, was
0: an empathic connection. He could kind of uh, guide them in some way.
2: He could kind of communicate to them. He would speak to them and it seemed like he could kind of communicate his emotions to them in that way. And they understood what he wanted. Hmm. So that was interesting.
0: Well, we haven't talked about, like, the most important characters in this entire film. The Batmen.
1: The horrible demon people that live in the tree.
2: That's right.
0: So about halfway through the movie, Dar is wandering around like a dumbass, which is kind of his style, and he sees these lights on a tree up in the hills. He goes up to the light for no discernible reason and finds these, like, glowing cocoon pods there's a guy in a cage he lets the guy out of the cage and in the fashion of dar the worst fucking hero in the history of bad heroes just watches this guy run into the wings of one of these batmen and be eaten alive and like turned into green goo
2: yeah before that happened we were all like oh that's right, I think this guy is a sidekick!
0: I think we were thinking of another movie. Nope, not a sidekick. <laughs> Dies within moments of being saved by Dar. And then the Bat People give him a pendant of an eagle, or he finds one? Oh, yes, because they have an idol
1: of a large black eagle there. And when his eagle lands on his shoulder the bat demon people are like, oh, snap, this dude's awesome.
0: What? Do so do cool. bats worship eagles in real life? Is that something that I've missed?
1: Okay, well, calling them bat people just for the viewer's convenience. I'm sorry, the Batman. Oh, yes, yes, exactly. But these are horrible demon people with no mouth. Their eyes are basically just like concave divots into this horrible yellow Flesh mask.
0: Yeah, I mean their wings seem to be like filled with some kind of digestive goo. Ooh.
2: Yeah, all they have to do is enclose their wings around somebody and they just immediately begin to digest them.
0: Worst
1: hugs ever. <laughs> yeah. Just imagine a like a car wash of pure acid on oh, your body. Oh boy. That sounds about right.
2: So mm. that's right. That is when so they come into play at the end scene. When Dar sends his eagle friend, what's his, what's his name again? Sherrack. Sharak with that pendant they the Bat-Men.
0: Yeah, he, he cashes in his Deus Ex Machina coin. Yes. And
2: so the Bat-Men come <laughs> down and encircle the Bad Boy Brigade and mm. enclose them in their horrible wings and just devour them.
0: Just hug them all to death. The worst yep. fate you could ever hope for.
2: So this movie ends with a death hug.
0: Why would you hope right. for a horrible fate? You know, you make a good point.
2: So, um, another note I have here. I'm trying to remember what it's for. <laughs> I just wrote a lot of butt cleavage. <laughs> there was,
0: you know what? There was a lot of butt cleavage. Also, way too many upskirt shots, shots of Dar, or maybe not enough. One or the other. Dude,
1: there were upskirt shots of like every single character. Dar all the time doing parkour in his little like skirt when he's like, oh I'm sorry, did my ass show out my skirt?
0: (laughs) Well, and I guess it was pretty even because Kiri kind of has a similar thing where she puts on a skirt that's, I mean even to call it a long t-shirt would be generous. Yeah.
2: That's why, I think that's why I wrote butt cleavage is because her tunic went about halfway down her butt, and she just seemed, like, cool with
0: that. I mean, it's a cultural thing. Yeah. I mean, it
1: basically covered, like, the left half of her panties, and the right half were just showing the entire time.
3: Yeah. Like,
1: she, there was just, like, a full crotch window for the camera. Yeah. Also, the little boy, Prince Tao. Oh, yeah. Name? Way
0: too much yeah. near near child nudity. Yeah, that he was...
1: just had, like, full half-ass on... showing.
2: That was definitely uncomfortable.
1: Yeah not, yeah. not great. He's a young lad.
2: And the way they were, like, manhandling the kids that were going to be sacrificed I mean, I know that they're about to be <laughs> sacrificed in the story, uh, the conceit of the movie, but I mean, they could have done a little bit better at that.
0: R- Rip Torn is just holding these children above a pit of fire by the leg and neck. It was insane. Like, you couldn't do that in movies today. No. There was no... I don't think there was any, like, wire work or anything to hold these kids up. Well, no,
1: they're supposed no. to go on the
0: fire pit. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. I, I pointed out in my notes that Dar somehow manages to be both a goober and a meathead, which I thought was an impressive combination.
1: So true. true. So true.
0: Also, I mean, in this movie, he fights a lot of witches. He fights these witches that are just, like... Young, probably, models with, like, really droopy, like, melted wax face makeup. And he fights a lot of them, and they always just kind of end up falling on his sword. Yeah. Like, that is the extent of his battle technique, is he holds his sword out, and then people fall on it.
2: And kind of... I get the impression that they're supposed to be dangerous and, like, high-tier level enemies but they, But they're not, they're not. <laughs> They die really quickly. Um the inner workings of the temple when they go in to rescue the old king are kind of interesting. There are all these tunnels that lead to all these antechambers.
0: Yeah, and there's the BDSM slaves.
2: Which one?
0: The the leather-clad, uh, you know, the leather daddies.
1: You know, oh. that brings up painful memories. Because remember, they botched my mind control. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I mean, I guess that explains why you've been wearing that leather mask this whole time.
1: Ha <laughs> ha! You gotta have a <laughs> That's the rule. But... That's right. These people, they're the, like, guards that are only in one specific hallway to scratch at your feet with their
0: claws.
3: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and never seen anywhere else except for the one that they make in the middle of the movie by putting a worm in his ear and more of the um, glow stick goo. That's right.
1: They torture him for days, which we don't see on camera, thankfully. But they torture them for, like, days or weeks until their will is broken. Then they put them in classic GIMP attire, and then they put a glow stick worm into their ear, which turns them into a savage
0: killing machine. I mean, they're kind of dressed up like the metal band Dimmu Borgir with, like, the leather spikes and everything.
2: Yeah, they basically become metalhead berserkers.
0: (laughs) Okay, you know what? I'm on board with these guys now. Yeah, I think I'm sold after that. You should have let the mind control set in. I know.
2: Yeah, so there are all these torture rooms and traps.
0: And the skull room that's apparently the plumbing
2: area. Yeah, the plumbing for the entire temple. That room must smell really bad.
1: (laughs) Ooh, and they went in it, too. I mean,
0: I assume (laughs) that every room that Dar goes into probably ends up smelling pretty bad in a short amount of time. Oh, no. (laughs)
3: Why?
0: I mean, he's... Got a bunch of animals with him all the time. They they just poop wherever they want. They're wild animals. So
2: do you think he smells more like a wild animal than a human?
0: Yes, definitely. His loincloth has never been washed.
2: We
1: see
0: people bathe
1: in the film, and he is not one of them. So, That's just saying, true.
0: I rest my case. <laughs> and he went in the
1: poop hole too. So,
0: and he was covered in uh, quicksand, which has got to be filthy. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Ooh. Sand in the Loincloth? I can't.
2: Not a good time.
1: Oh, can't imagine.
0: That is that is the name of my next heavy metal album, though.
1: Sand in the Loincloth? Yes. I'm going to buy it right now. Pre order. <laughs> Please do.
0: Just go to the Swords and Satire website and uh, click that donate tab. Whew.
1: Will do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so the aesthetic of the film was kind of like deserts. And grassland kind
0: y- of areas. Yeah, I was kind of sold on the different type of uh, of visual, like, you know, the, the, the shots and stuff. The locations were more interesting than the usual, like, generic fantasy fare of, like, forests and roads and stuff. It is it, a more interesting kind of desert and plain environment.
2: Right.
0: I was actually kind of surprised, like, this movie really seems like it would be a rip-off of or like an in, like an intended copy of of like Conan but they came out the same year so I don't know how much the two could have influenced each other unless you know I don't know what the history of the of the filming was but they were yeah. kind of being made concurrently
2: Oh uh, yeah I'm not sure about that but um the design of the main city Uruk uh, and the name were yeah. basically like a um ancient Sumerian city, which was interesting. And they had a complete with a ziggurat temple.
0: Just like in Conan.
2: <laughs> right. That's true.
0: This one was a lot smaller,
2: though. It was. I mean, it was a model. so.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I must say, it makes me a little nervous to see all these barbarian movies taking so much inspiration from Sumeria, because I think there's the implication that those are barbaric times. I could definitely see a case for it. But it makes me nervous.
2: Well, the, those uh, cities are kind of shown in these movies as, like, the height of civilization that mm-hmm. the barbaric characters or the uncivilized characters are going into.
0: Are going to go ruin. To go beat the crap out of the leaders <laughs> and take yeah, over.
2: Basically. Yeah,
0: I mean, look at Mayax and uh, Thulsa Doom from Conan. Like, these are the high leaders of their civilizations. The wizards. The mighty ones, and then they're overthrown by these dumbass barbarians. It's true, it's true.
1: Wizards can't take a hit.
0: This is something we know. That is true. Yeah. A D twelve battle axe does a lot of damage to a D four hit die wizard. I would die.
1: If I was hit by a D twelve hit axe. I
0: don't know, what class are you?
1: Uh probably probably commoner.
0: Uh, fair enough.
2: So before we talk about the RPG elements of the movie, uh, we should give it a rating.
0: Do we have to?
3: (laughs)
2: So, Jamie, how would you rate this movie in S.W.O.R.D.?
0: Ah, yes, the traditional rating system uh, out of Ten Swords. Um, I have a hard time rating this movie. I think it has some really fun aspects. I think it does some interesting visual... um, I think it does some interesting things with the visuals. I like some of the aesthetic of, of the cities and stuff. I like that they made a movie about a character who has a connection to animals. I mean, I'm an animal lover. I That really sold me on the whole idea of this movie. But Dar is such a fucker, and I really have any... I have a difficulty having any empathy or appreciation for this guy who is just kind of, like I said, a goober and a meathead at the same time. He He literally sexually assaults a woman, and we're supposed to be cheering this guy on, and I just had a really difficult time. That being said, like I really enjoyed uh, Rip Torn's performance, I really liked Seth, and um, I thought that Kiri could have been an inter- a more interesting character, too, if they'd given her a little bit more screen time and a little bit more agency. So, mm-hmm. I think I want to go a little lower on this one than I usually do, and I'd say that this movie's probably earned about six swords.
2: So, Jack, how would you rate this movie in swords? Well, I'm glad
1: you asked. Well, I think it's a neat setting. I I like the barbarian setting, which this is very classic, right up that alleyway. Is barbarian a setting? I mean, I think so. Fair enough. I think it is. There's a lot of baggage. Yes. There's an aesthetic that is associated with that. And I I liked that he worked with beasts. They each had their unique personalities. I thought that was pretty interesting. The side characters I thought were all pretty neat. I like that there was a lot of cool stuff that was just kind of thrown in. Though I don't like that I feel like it was thrown in just because it was cool. I didn't see a lot of lore to support the Skull Room. Or the like hellish death gimp knights. Or like the fire pit. Or the moat which is set on fire. Or the raiders. Who killed his family? Why the house is on stilts? Why they were killed in the first place? There were, I just have so many questions that I think we'll, d- were never intended to have answers. I don't
2: think they were. <laughs>
1: but, uh, Timmy likes playing with his toys, and so, uh, I thought it was pretty neat, but I'm gonna give this six swords and one ritual dagger out of ten. Nice.
2: So, how would I rate this movie in swords?
0: Well, well, well. How would you rate this movie in swords? I was about to ask. <laughs> uh,
2: you know, Jack, you made a good point. There's not a lot of lore to establish anything, so that's definitely a doc against it. Uh, the sexual harassment is a serious doc. Um, there is a lot of interesting magic and different abilities that we don't really see in other movies, though, so that part is cool. Um, I really liked the inventiveness of the city with the moat of oil, even though it's ridiculous.
1: I thought Um, it was very practical. Very efficient.
2: And it's probably Moat and Or Moat Oil and shit
3: (laughs) Um, Oh (laughs) definitely
2: Um And all of the different rooms In the temple I enjoyed that And the fact that Animals got Some screen time Although the fact that They were horribly mistreated (laughs) Kind of Ends up netting in more of a negative than a positive. That,
0: that's got to cut at least a short sword out of your rating.
1: I just <laughs> yeah. heard so much animal screaming in my head.
2: Yeah, I was going to... There were still some very enjoyable aspects to the film, or at least interesting or novel. So I, I'm going to go with 5 out of 10 swords.
0: That's fair. That's a fair rating. Reasonable. It's hard work, but fair. Well, you know what that means... It's definitely time that we start talking RPG talk.
2: Can you roleplay it?
0: That's right. Exactly what I said.
2: the magic in this setting is really interesting. There are there's a magic ring with, with an, an eye. eyeball that can it's a, basically it, it
0: scrys. Basically a ring of sc- scrying yeah. Yeah that was kind of cool. There's uh, some kind of psychic link to animals. Kind of like a familiar but I mean these are definitely well maybe the ferrets are familiar animals but the tiger is definitely not a familiar animal. That's like an animal companion animal.
2: Right. And, um, the witches have the ability to climb on walls and fly in the air and, I think, throw people around with their mind.
0: Yeah, they had some kind of, uh, some, you know, offensive magics they could use besides their scrying and their ritual casting and stuff. Yeah,
1: they had the rave juice and the rave cow. Yeah?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's
2: true. They could... Put a baby inside of a human mother into a cow mother.
0: Mm-hmm. They referred to my acts as a sorcerer, but I don't remember him doing a lot of sorcery.
1: Uh, he just had the charisma for it.
0: Fair enough.
2: Yeah, he was a, a leader of the temple and the evil uh, priests and clergymen. So, you gotta have a lot of charisma for
0: that. Yeah, true. Evil clerics definitely need a lot of charisma.
2: Yeah, I I think he would. uh, Evil cleric is a good class for him.
1: I suppose he could have summoned all the witches, which were hags. I could see it.
2: That could work. Yeah.
0: Oh, like their health bond of some kind. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, they didn't totally seem human. Mm -hmm. Because other humans didn't have the magic that they did.
1: Or melted wax faces. Right. Or hot young women bodies.
2: Right. Yes. Um. So yeah, evil cleric for yeah Max.
0: I mean, there there's an elephant in the room though. Unfortunately, we have to talk about Dar. He is kind of the main character. Yeah. Now I know everybody out there loves the D and D fifth edition class, the Beastmaster Ranger.
2: That was what I was thinking
1: of. No. <laughs> I mean, it it just makes sense. Except the Dar can't really cast. Spells that aren't animal-related. Well, I guess if you gave him all animal spells, it'd be fine.
0: There you go. Now, see, now I would actually say in Pathfinder, there's uh, a ranger who can split up his uh, animal companion levels amongst multiple animals. Oh. It might even be called the Beastmaster, I'm not sure. But, I mean, think about it, like, he's got, like, one really good animal companion in Rue the tiger. Two, like... Very low tier, but, like, kind of useful sneaky companions in Kodo and Podo the ferrets. And then, like, a mid-tier one in uh, Sharak the eagle. So, like, I could see that, you know. He's got a few levels. He split them up in an interesting way.
2: Mm -hmm. Sharak does have the capability to fight.
0: And uh, carry a child. That's true. Like, this is an eagle. I mean, much like the dog in the beginning, the eagle picks up a a human like adolescent child probably a five-year-old and carries it away
2: yeah i got a news for you jamie a a five-year-old isn't an adolescent
0: (laughs) it's just the way things
1: were back then (laughs) in those times thank
0: you yes back then well anyways I'm pretty sure that an eagle cannot pick up any size human. No. Maybe a baby. Whether he's going through early puberty or not,
1: he was lifted into the air.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: By the eagles. It was nuts. Uh, 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 Eagles can't do that.
2: I think it's a no-brainer that he's a Beastmaster Ranger.
0: Yeah, I think that makes some sense.
2: Um, Seth.
0: Oh, fighter with uh, expertise and stabs. Yeah. So cool. Such a great
2: and he's like archetype. a traveling pilgrim,
0: he could have some monk levels too, he was yeah. whipping ass, yeah, he's wise, he's wise yep. and
2: charismatic,
0: yep, yeah, no, I can see it Seth Seth is the superstar of this movie. If yeah. we're putting together our swords and satire fantasy uh uh league, I want Seth on my side, did nice. you see Dar?
1: dar i would probably say like yeah i know the guy but like we're not close yeah but if seth was the main character i'd be like oh seth oh man he's the
0: chosen one come
1: on yeah he can actually fight
0: so i mean i think that probably leads us into our our next segment uh which of course as everyone knows is called rewriting history I think that what we really need to do is we need to reframe this whole movie this, we need to do a spin-off we need to do the Seth spin-off the Seth origin story since mm. he's the star of the show and one of the only tolerable characters in the entire film. I
1: could clearly see him as the Odysseus showing up in the Achilles film, you know how there was that crossover myth where a main character of a different story shows so, up what, in
0: another myth the uh,
1: the Iliad? Wait a minute.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, there's a crossover. Oh, yeah, sure, can. sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I get it. Yeah, exactly. That's a perfect... Like, Because, first off, we all agree, Dar's a fuck. Like, we should not... Even though he's got a cool power, we should not be following around as the hero. Seth is a heroic, noble fighter. He has a purposeful quest. He's a resistance fighter. He's our Luke Skywalker, man. Yeah.
2: Dar definitely abusing. Dar's our
0: Jar Jar Binks.
2: Yeah. He Wait. abuses his abilities. He's um amoral.
0: He has no drive or motivation to do anything good, except for, for selfish means. Yeah,
2: I don't think this would be a sequel or a reboot. It would definitely be a retelling.
0: It's a spinoff, right? Yeah. It's, it's the Seth story.
2: Right. What um, I mean, we got
0: to catch up with Seth. I mean, what do you guys think? Did it, did it take place like before, and we kind of get to, like, see how he gets, uh, uh, linked into the resistance, or does it take place after, when he's probably, like, the, like, head general of, of Uruk? Ooh,
1: I'd be very interested to see what happens after, and people are constantly telling him about, like, the horrible amoral things Dar is doing, like, did you hear Dar overthrew that one place and killed everyone there and took the women? He's like, Dar, uh... I've never heard of him before. We never met.
0: I don't know this dude. I don't know what you're talking
1: about. Weren't you guys friends? I would not make that assumption.
2: (laughs) So he would be rebuilding Uruk and trying to capture the dangerous criminal Dar.
0: (laughs) Oh, so we're doing a total retelling. Nice. Okay, I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. Dar, definitely the villain. We get ripped, torn back as obviously like the 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 leader of this town. I got
2: news s- for you. He dead. Well, <laughs> but
0: if it's a retelling, then we can we can bring him back.
2: I guess
0: he's a sorcerer. He should be. He should be. Uh, you know, a more sympathetic character. Dar is the real villain here.
1: I mean, Max. You know, he sacri- yeah, Max. He sacrifices children. So there is something to be said about him being villainous
0: as well. <laughs>
2: Also, if this comes after they save Uruk, he died.
0: <laughs> okay, so what we're saying is that, like, Dar is like becomes overinflated in his ego by, like, getting this praise. Yeah. And he starts turning into more and more of a monster. Exactly. Until Seth eventually has to put him down. Yeah,
2: yeah. He okay. He starts abusing well. his powers more and more. He... Starts to take on the ability of being able to reach out to more animals, controlling more animals, and having them doing his bidding. And so he has like an animal army, a
0: horde. Okay, yes, but I don't want to watch a movie or make a movie where like a bunch of animals get hurt.
2: No, they won't get hurt. I mean, now we have better CGI.
1: Oh (laughs) no, I want it to be terrible, awful CGI. Oh, clearly superimposed geometric shapes. Yeah, like
0: on that show, Bitten.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Just a really bad, like, wolf CGI.
2: That's an awful show that I'm starting to love to watch. (laughs) Well, that
1: makes sense. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: I could see Dar having this army of CGI animals, right? And his younger brother is growing up to be, you know, he's questioning his abilities as a king, but Seth, with his wisdom, is trying to help him out. But when Dar is... The leader of the same dread horde which killed his family in the past. Because his morals have been warped so oh, much.
3: Damn. He's oh, yeah. leading
1: a militia of animals and people who are more like animal than man <laughs> to come back against Uruk. Nice. And then Seth and the king, what is his name again? Tao? What's the well, now you're a future At this point, he will be a, the young
2: king. He's probably yes. about 18
1: He at develops, point. because he and Dar are biological brothers, the right. same ability to speak with animals. Oh. And in the final fight, he, they have to, like... A battle of the wills. Yes, a battle of the wills. And Dar realizes that he's never had training, and he's always just relied on his natural talent. And Locked the fact out. that people
0: just jump onto his weapon.
1: Exactly, that too. And then Tao, he's about to run into the sword, but he's clever, and he stops and doesn't do that. That's the first time anyone's ever not jumped onto my sword. Dar's brain liquefies at the side and starts draining out his nose. And yeah. then Tao has learned to fight with a staff from Seth. Yeah. And they do a father-son combo attack with the stabs. Oh. And they just like so chopstick good. Seth's neck and just or no, they chopstick Dar. Dar's <laughs> neck and just snap it.
0: Can we can we have uh Kiri be a redeemed character in this new uh spin-off too? Oh yeah oh, she could be
2: like a lieutenant. There anyway. you go, she
0: got she Seth's got that th-
2: that uh protects Uruk and the outlying lands.
0: Oh, nice. I dig end. it.
2: And oh. this is the militia that's trying to, before the final confrontation, they're trying to find Dar's hideout and infiltrate it and just... uh, Maybe not kill him, but they definitely would want to capture him.
0: No, they're good. They want to capture him and bring him to justice. They want right. to put him on trial for being a terrible monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He so, may be the beast master, but he himself is a monster.
2: It's kind of like the a good... Cop movie. It's the sheriff with his deputies going out against the like highwaymen,
0: <laughs> nice
2: <laughs> and bandits.
0: Oh, so Dar's like raiding caravans and, yeah. and like interrupting food supplies.
2: Exactly.
0: One of I Dar's
1: fatal flaws in the one film, of his many. One fatal of many flaws. should be that he assumes she's still in love with him even after that time and all those things he's done. And the fact that she was never in love with him. Exactly, <laughs> exactly.
0: But he would think so. She might have, like, Stockholm Syndrome.
1: No, I don't even think that. But, yeah, he lets his guard down, assuming she's gonna side with him. And that's when the... Mm, she sticks it to him.
0: Twist the dagger. Yes, the ritual dagger that he saved her from years before. Right. Nice. It's, a, it's a nice... We can even have a, We can even have a flashback. To this film.
2: Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, we never talked about her in, um, Can You Roleplay It? But she would be a great rogue, so. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh. Her hide check is out of this world. She was in yeah. the skull room, and Dar never even noticed her, and neither did we.
2: And she's able to escape and track pretty easily, so I think as a lieutenant, she would be a great tracker. hmm so she yeah. starts
0: taking some ranger levels herself.
2: Yeah.
1: I see. She also, when they're in the castle at some point, or, you know, whatever, the fortress, she sneaks off to her former quarters, changes outfits. Yes. And then comes back and is like, oh, hey, Darren." He's just like, oh, there you are. Oh,
0: hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his eyes bulge out of his head, his tongue rolls down onto the floor, he makes like wolfy whistle sounds.
1: Exactly, and that's one of his many fatal flaws, which comes back to bite him when she gets him.
0: I feel bad for forgetting Kiri, but I also mostly feel that way because the filmmakers seem to have forgotten her.
2: Yeah, that's why she needs a redemption arc and kind of rebuilding as a character in our, our our retelling. Yeah,
0: because she does have some interesting stuff already established. So I, I would love to see this.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, you know, for all of the listeners, just go ahead and just make it a a, a blank check. Because we don't know how much this movie is going to cost to make. But, you know, just send us the blank checks. And then we'll just fill in the amounts we need to make this. And then you know, we'll be good to go. I'm going to guess the budget will be about $100. And the movie will be called The Staff Fighter. Oh, nice.
2: <laughs> nice. Right. A la Beastmaster, the Staff Fighter. Yeah.
0: I get it. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't fight staffs. I want to be clear. He fights with a staff. Right. The Staff Master. <laughs> no, probably uh, Probably not the right. Yeah. Huh? Yes. Probably
2: sounds the wrong It message. sounds like he plays with his staff a lot, you know.
0: Though, I...
1: Oh, no. Though, I wouldn't... that there
2: would be anything wrong with that, you
1: know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'd want to see it in the film. Yeah, no No. staff shame. But maybe implied? Sure. (laughs) But, you know, there is something to be said about him fighting staffs. I would love to see a scene where he goes to, like, an old cave where he used to train with his mentor. And then there's a staff that it lifts into the air by itself and is possessed by the spirit of his old master. Oh, they have a yes. nice bonding training sparring session. Nice. Oh, I love You've
2: it. You got to have a good training montage.
1: Exactly. Where he's like, yeah. "Oh, my master, I have to teach Tao how to be a good leader and defend our people." But I it, it's a lot of responsibility. And he's like, "Oh, don't worry. Follow the way of the staff, my guy." <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah, they can go on like a vision quest and have the training montage and Showing Tao growing up.
0: Yeah, I'm into it. And show, and show
2: it. Seth building his militia and training them, too. That would be great.
1: Would be pretty interesting if there was a moment where their hope was kind of shaky that they would succeed in the final fight, and Seth runs into one of the hags that survived from the original film and offers him a dark bargain of power, and Seth almost feeds into it, but is reminded by something that happens earlier in the film perhaps another character, that, like, oh, this isn't the staff way. (laughs) And then he just whacks the hat.
2: (laughs) Because, as we know, they're very easy to kill.
1: It's true. He just holds out his staff and they (laughs) fail themselves.
0: (laughs) My one week. He he holds it sideways and they kind of just clothesline themselves on it. Oh, no.
2: Yeah. They have a weakness against stabs and
0: swords. (laughs) I mean, I I feel like everyone has a weakness against stabs and swords.
2: (laughs) That makes sense. Their weakness makes them attracted to them
0: fatally. Well, on that note, I think it's time for us to uh, head back to the battlefield and uh, continue our fight against the evil wizards. Mm -hmm. So, until next time. Hail Crom!
2: Hail Crom!
0: You know what they say, Hail Crom. <laughs>